Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about resilience in our daily lives. This past weekend, my home city of Ottawa, Canada, had a line of summer thunderstorms come through the region. It was a few degrees warmer than usual and a bit on the humid side. By mid-afternoon, the sky had darkened. Then all the cell phones started chiming a severe storm alert in unison. Suddenly, This wall of wind hit the area thrashing trees in all directions. Frankly, I'm surprised the trees were left standing at all. Naturally, we lost power. After the storm subsided, we drove around the city looking for a restaurant to do a takeout order that at least had electricity. Or vast areas of the city with no electricity and the vast majority of intersections we went through did not have any power either. The city was gridlocked with traffic. Our office somehow managed to maintain electricity throughout. The local electrical utility eventually removed the outage map from their website because they were overwhelmed and simply left a terse message that there were more than a thousand separate outages affecting more than 180,000 customers. About a quarter of the city, perhaps more, had no power at all. The state of Texas experienced a large-scale power outage a little over a year ago when their power grid collapsed. The events of the past weekend led me to reflect on our preparations. We have prepared for some level of food security. When the pandemic hit, we made sure that we had at least three months of non-perishable food. Let's be clear. What's happened in our community is an inconvenience. We might be a few days without power. We have no internet connection at home, and the local cell tower has exhausted its battery backup. We can get very poor cellular service if we go outdoors or if we drive to another part of the city, but we have no data connection. On Sunday morning, we packed up our blender and the ingredients and drove 15 minutes to the office to make mango smoothies. It sounds odd even saying this. I mean, think about it. We live in Canada. Mangoes are not a local crop. We've become accustomed to the notion that we can buy food that's not local, out of season, and somehow we can find it in the grocery store at any time of year. The supply chain has figured out how to source mangoes from South America, then Central America, and then from Mexico to ensure a perfect, uninterrupted supply of mangoes all year round. Now, we'll probably lose the contents of our freezer in this extended power outage. We rarely think about food insecurity, let alone plan for that risk in our Western way of life. But this year, 2022, is a year like no other. We're emerging from two years of global pandemic, and that feels awesome. But at the same time, we have a devastating war raging in Europe. Crops that needed fertilizer this year, the world over, didn't get it. Agricultural problems cannot be solved with money. See, if you and I were stranded on a desert island, and if I had a case of bananas and you had a million dollars in cash, I'm the one who's rich and you're the one who's hungry, irrespective of how much cash you have. Food and fuel security are at the foundation of our Western society. They're so foundational that they're taken for granted. When we talk about affordability, we're often talking just about housing basic rule of thumb is that housing should cost no more than 30% of household income. I don't think we even calculate the percentage of food as a fraction of household expenses. But there's parts of the world like the Philippines, where for major portions of the population, food makes up 70% of household expenses. A 10% or 20% increase in food prices here in North America is an inconvenience, and for some households, it's definitely a problem. Nobody wants to pay $2 for a head of lettuce or $5 for broccoli. But if food makes up a large percentage of your household expenses, like in the Philippines, you don't have much tolerance for inflation before your very survival is threatened. We're already seeing social unrest in parts of the world, in Peru and in Sri Lanka. In Sri Lanka, the unrest was enough to force the resignation of the prime minister. 
So I'm here, I'm able to make a mango smoothie out of season and outside the local growing region. The food shortages that are forecast for later this year will be like watching a train wreck in slow motion. I feel like I need to emphasize that I'm not a pessimist. If you've been following this show for a while, you'll know that I predicted the pandemic before it was mainstream news. I predicted the surge in inflation before official reports. I predicted recession before it was in the news. I predicted the fall in lumber prices before they happened. And I predicted the fall in the stock market. But with any of these predictions, it's hard to know the precise timing. You can be prepared or you could be surprised. If you're surprised, then you're left to react. See, leading up to the storm, I'd been negotiating with several sellers on Facebook Marketplace for a generator before the storms hit. And even then, I wasn't fast enough. Those generators got sold to someone else, and all of the major stores in the area are sold out of generators by Sunday morning. I finally managed to purchase one with 24-hour delivery, but rather than being prepared, I was left to react like everyone else who was unprepared. I'm not one of these doomsday preppers. I don't have a nuclear bunker under my house. But if you pay attention, you can see what's happening in slow motion and anticipate what is virtually certain to occur. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.